It's recording now. So I paused it when I joined the meeting because it started recording straight away. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to record myself just sat there staring at a computer screen. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, yeah. First question, how did you get into the industry and why? Oh, well, I've always loved musical theatre. Like when I was when I was a kid, we used to go and and watch musicals like every. So that was the thing, I think, from about the age of 11. Um, we used to get like our Christmas present was a uh, was like a you know a show, and we'd and we'd go down as a family to London and and watch a show. And I think and I remember the first time I went to see a show, and it was Joseph. And I'd not really I don't think I've ever really thought about it before. I never really thought that it was a job or it existed or anything. And then I saw the narrator, I saw Lindsay Hately play the narrator, and I just was like, I want to do that. If that's a job, that's the job I want to do. Um, but never really thinking that I could. Um, and just kind of still following it as a as a hobby, um, but yeah, that's probably. And then my parents are singers as well, so right. they're a duo. Um, so I used to go and sing in like pubs and clubs with them when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of yeah, that's how I got into it really. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, uh, what drama school did you go to? I went to Arts Ed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, did the three year music. That's what everyone goes to. Everyone, everyone seems to sort of go to Arts Ed and Mountview. If I see it's a show, show flicks of the programme, it's always Art said Mount View Guildford. Yeah, they're yeah, kind of like... My mum sat next to me going, you should go there, you should go there. Every, everyone seems to go there. Do you want to go to drama school? I've just done three years at uni, because um, that's sort of... At, at the time when I was auditioning, I just didn't feel confident to put myself up for drama schools. Okay. I think because they're so oh, difficult to get into, and obviously it's three years of intensive training. I think when I finished my BTEC course, I just didn't feel I was quite ready as a performer. I just needed, I didn't think I was good enough to get into drama school. So I sort of chickened out of it and went to uni for three years. And so I was going to go and do, you know, postcard at a drama mm. school, but that got on hold. Um, so hopefully at some point, then start fucking up and auditioning and that yeah. postcard. I still, had a, I, still had a, I still had a lovely three years. Um, Got to we do the cats in our second years. Our second oh, did year. you? <laughs> that was that. That's a fun one. One of the one of the one of the former cast members came in and did a workshop with us, and it was the most embarrassing thing. Do you dance well? More of an actor singer. Uh, cats, honestly, cats is probably my worst nightmare. <laughs> Which is why I was lucky because I play I play Gus, so I, I just got to right in the background. My, my song was I was sat down during it, so it was fine. Yeah. Sat the front, but yeah. So, what was your first job at drama school? My my first job after drama school yeah. Yeah. was uh, Rosalind in As You Like It, a UK <laughs> open air tour. <laughs> so, trained in musical theatre, went straight into a Shakespeare play, uh, which was, it, it, and I think that's kind of that's where my career went for like the next seven years. It was so weird and sporadic and. Um, doing lots of different things, um, but honestly, I wouldn't change it. And um, so I, we did three. It was three months. It was like a month's rehearsal and two months of touring. And we did like it was a nightly thing. So one one day we'd be in Scotland, and then the next day we'd have to be in I don't know, like North Wales or whatever. And, it, and yeah. we would be on the road for ages and just staying in these travel lodges, like four of us to a room. And and you know, and I think it was. I just it, honestly, it, 
the cast were the most amazing group of people. Um, and I think for me, kind of having trained in musical theatre and we kind of got used to the world of musical theatre where, you know, you have dressers and you have all this stuff and then suddenly doing this, this play where we had to put the set up ourselves and, you know, um, the, our, uh, the, the girl that was playing um, Phoebe was also our stage manager and it was just a real kind of introduction to a very different side of the business. And I think I think it was probably one of the best things that that happened for me because it gave me a different appreciation. I think so, and I loved it. And I and I didn't realise as well how much that I I loved Shakespeare until that point. And I've done a couple of um, Shakespeare jobs now. Um, after, after sort of training in musical theatre for three years, how did that sort of job come along? How did you end up doing sort of Shakespeare? Well, so I was one of the few people in my year that didn't get an agent. So I, did, I was, you know, in the showcase and everybody got their interest and I didn't get any interest whatsoever. And at the time, I remember it being literally the worst thing in the world. Like I was like, the, the rejection that you feel at that point. Um, so then I was like, right, nobody's going to represent me. I'm going to represent myself. And I literally put myself up for anything and everything. I was just like applying, you know, anything that I saw was casting I just was like you know this this is like back in the day when uh, you'd have to write letters and and I applied for I saw it in the stage and it was called Chapter House Theatre Company and they were looking for um you know actors for it and I and I just applied and then I had to get the train up to Lincoln which is where the auditions were uh and then they literally I think what had happened was that they hadn't found their Rosalind mm. and so they had another day of auditions and I went and they, offered, and they literally called me that, that night and was, was like, we'd like to offer you this job. Um, and it meant that I had to leave drama school six weeks early. So it was how quickly, as well, like how quickly things change and how one minute you're like, this, nothing's happening. And then you get a phone call and suddenly your world's kind of, you know, it's going in a completely different direction. So, uh, yeah, that's how that came about from... Yeah being really gutted that I didn't get an agent into me going, well, I'll be my own one then. <laughs> See, we would have had, um, if COVID hadn't happened, my uni were going to do a showcase for us, the Charing Cross Theatre. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously that never happened. So all of last year, I was just sort of sending stuff off to agents and did manage to get one in the end, which is nice. But of all the years to get an agent this year to get one would be pointless, but I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was all right. It's, I've got one now, and it's nice to say I've got an agent. Not heard from yeah. him in a while, but it's nice to say I've got one. Um, and is there, being after when you got into the industry, is there stuff that you've learned drama school didn't teach you? Oh, so much. So much. I sometimes say, oh, there's a very loud seagull just up there. Um, it literally looks like I'm in Barbados or something with that palm tree in the background, the blue sky, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I honestly feel like you can learn everything you possibly want at drama school or can, and you'll get out into the industry, and there will be so many things that you that they're unable to teach you, and that you can only learn on the job. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to think about what that you know pinpoint what that is, um, but I just think probably when I left drama school, I was really green, I was really naive, I was really like. Um, I don't know, I, maybe even the fact that I just was just like things just get done for you, like, you know, your, your dresser will 
just provide things for you and hang out my costume and it's like no just be a good human being and like let's all work together as a team like and also things like I think we sometimes as actors feel like we're the most important people but actually without all of those wonderful people supporting you um you know with with the crew and, and stage management and the wardrobe department and um you know box office and everybody yeah. you wouldn't there would be no audience and there would be nobody coming to watch you and you wouldn't have a costume and you wouldn't be on stage at the right time and all that kind of stuff so i don't know if if i think that's what the business teaches you more than anything is the importance of teamwork that i just think when you're in drama school and you're there for yourself and you're you know you're there for your three years and i all i want is i want to get an agent when i leave this and so yeah i think if i can think of anything it would probably be it would probably be that that's most important i think it's easy to forget go and like do something to the seagull like shit. <laughs> i think it's easy to forget as an actor that when you do something on stage there's multiple people around you that have made that moment happen when you're doing i don't know bring him home and lay miss it's an amazing moment as an actor there are people who have made that moment happen you know the lighting and the sound and the orchestra and things like that yeah um and so obviously all the shows that you've done obviously you've been an understudy and things like that what's sort of the biggest challenge as an, as an understudy especially when you're covering multiple roles um well first of all your memory <laughs> that's always that's always the thing and having to trust it and trust that you know what you're like you really have to trust yourself that you know what you're doing and that you remember what you're doing um i think the challenges are um sometimes you know some there's there's that sometimes that feeling if you're if you're understudying a name and there's the audience have come to see that person there is always you know sometimes there's some some negativity about this particular understudy being on because they came to see that person and i think that's quite that's challenging um uh but yeah and i think you know i think the thing that i've learned as well as an understudy is when i'm not understudying and when i'm on and the understudy is on it's given me you know a massive appreciation of this is a different person playing this role right now i need to i'm the one that plays this every day so i need to adapt to them and I'm not saying that anybody ever made me feel like that, um, but I just think having, because I think a lot of people who I kind of worked with were previously understudies too. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think having the experience of being an understudy, it gives you when you're then playing a, a lead role or and when, when your understudy goes on as well, you're just like, oh, I just want you to have the best time. Um, and then when you're playing with an understudy, then, you're there to kind of be, what can I do for you? What can I do for you to make this easier for you? Um, but yeah, so, but I think, you know, as a cover, I mean, I'm very lucky as in I have, I like to say that I've got a swing brain, yeah. uh, which is a brain that can kind of compartmentalize everything. And I can remember, like, sometimes my memory is the worst thing ever, but when it comes to scripts and song lyrics um, and where I'm meant to be, I remember it so well. Um, so I think if you, because I've got that just naturally, then it makes my life so much easier as a cover. Yeah. Whereas if you're a cover and you don't have that, if you just, you just are not wired in that way, then I imagine that that is very, very difficult. Um, and I suppose you, unless, until you do it, 
then why would you know? Why would you know if you can until you've had the experience of doing it? So I guess there might be some covers out there that do it once and go, never again. <laughs> what do you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about what we do and about the industry? You know, you hear comments from people who are not in the industry and things like that. They don't quite get what we do and understand it. What would you say are sort of the biggest misconceptions? I think probably that it's really glamorous because <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I think because a lot of what we do is very, um, uh, so for example, if you're in a theatre, like the front of house is always so spectacular and beautiful and then you look backstage and it's, you know, mouse ridden. Um, and it's the same with telly, if you ever go and watch a TV programme being filmed, then you'll see like the stuff that actually goes out on screen looks fantastic and then when you're actually sitting you know, seeing it all, you're like, oh God, it is all smoke and mirrors. Um, so I think there is that misconception with the general public about it. Um, oh, I don't know what else, what would what would be something else? Uh, I mean, that, that whole thing of, I don't know if you've ever had it where you've been with a family member and they go, oh, you ever thought about getting yourself on Coronation Street? That would be good. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, no, I've never thought about that. No, what, I tell you what, I give my agent a ring now. And we'll set it up. Yeah. You know, that's that. They think it's easy. Yeah. I remember growing up and always telling people I wanted to be an actor. And for some reason, it seemed to forget about theatre and always assume I want to go into screen acting and things like that. And I was saying to someone, I think, before I went to college, and they were like, oh, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to be an actor. And they went, well, hopefully I'll see you in something. And I was like, well, who says I want TV and film? It is yeah. theatre as well. Um, yeah. And I was oh, talking... Wait. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to um, a guy who did uh, Nativity the Musical, and Jamie Chapman, and he was saying that it's very common for people not in the industry to pick up when an actor's out of work and make a comment on it, say, oh, you're out of work and things like that. You wouldn't say the same thing to an electrician or something yeah. like that. If you knew an electrician, you wouldn't go up to them, go, oh, you're out of work now, are you? You know, how are you doing? And I think that's something he said that really annoyed him. Yeah. Being out of work, that people would make those comments seem to forget that you know you know i'm an actor i'm you know it's, it's my job yeah there's um vicky mcclaw is on a podcast uh how to fail the podcast and she talks about um you know like because obviously now she is you know she's on the on a massive line of duty fans so and she was talking about how when she did this is england she was then out of work and then she worked for like a training company and she'd have to run these training conferences and be like and they're like why are you here and you know your fate and it's like well, i've still got my mortgage to pay and i've got no work and and it's that isn't it it's it's like this this misconception of like once you've made it you've made it and it's sometimes it's like no because jobs are sporadic and we've all just got to pay our rent and our mortgage so i yeah, might be serving you a pint it's a bit harder because the job i'm doing at the moment i like it and i'm working in a kitchen and it's a good job but there'll be days i'll be sat or stood there peeling carrots and a song would come on the radio dancing queen or something <laughs> like, i can't be doing the finale of mamma mia right now why don't we start here peeling carrots and i sort of have to look around to see if the chef was in the kitchen and if he's not i'd start singing along <laughs> i love it I'll pretend i'm donna <laughs> I wish I'd seen that. And the chef would come in and be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, how are you getting on with the carrots? Done two, the whole song yeah. of Dancing Queen. Is that, is that okay? You're like, I'm using the carrot as a microphone, actually. Yeah. 
what would you say to people coming into the industry, particularly now? What would you, your biggest advice? And what is there something you think people should know before coming into the industry? Um, I think my biggest bit of advice with this industry is knowing that um, there's room for everybody and it's important that you are aware of how unique you are as a person, how unique we all are. We all are very, very different beings and we all have something very special to offer that is unique to us. And I think, and I know that I spent the first however many years of my career not realizing that and trying to be something that I thought the industry wanted me to be rather than just being like, this is who I am and you can kind of like it or not. Um, and I'm not going to say that I'm completely there with that yet. I'd, I'd be lying, but I definitely feel a lot more like um, authentic, I guess, with who I am. Um, and I think that is something to know for everybody because I think especially nowadays with good old social media, we can look at what everyone else is up to and think that that's what we need to be. It's really knowing like who you are, what you have to offer this industry and really like owning that. Um, so I think that's probably my, what I would always tell people who are wanting to come into this um, crazy world of showbiz that is great, but it's also very hard. Um, so also kind of, it's, it's, I'd say that's my advice. And then I'd also be like the things to kind of be wary of is to be like, you need to not, make this business be who you are so this is my job this is what i do this is what i love and this is what i am motivated by and i'm passionate about but what the, the danger i think is is if you become um if you base your worth on whether or not you're working then you're, you're going to do yourself a massive disservice because you are going to be out of work for a lot of time it's just reality i mean look at covid it's put every single person out of work um so I think so I think it's that it's knowing who you are and being able to separate that a little bit from so having friends outside of the industry and not basing your worth on where you're at the industry um, and doing the work because you love doing the work. Yeah, there we are. that was that was very long winded. But yeah. <laughs> As COVID and the industry reopens, is there ways you think the industry should and could change um, and maybe adapt and things like that? What do you think? What do you mean, COVID related? As in, um, other ways that the industry could change, as in, could it adapt to be a bit more, you know, could they do more, more online stuff, do you think auditions will change and things like that, or do you think? I think self-tapes are probably here to stay for a while, and self-tapes have been um, building in um, the act, you know, the screen stuff for, for a good, and it's very solidified now, I think, with, with screen acting. And I think they might even stay for perhaps for musical theatre as well for first rounds and then to, yeah. to whittle things down and then they'll go into the room potentially because it is a cheaper version. It's, you know, it's, it's much cheaper to just not hire a room and be like, send out a load of self-tapes. Also, they can see more people. Um, so that could be an option. I wonder if stream, stream theatre might still be a thing because there are, I mean, what with, you know, so, for example, like the West End and it's London. And if you live in the Shetland Islands, you, you might not be able to get yourself down to London very often. And there is this other way, I guess, of people to be able to enjoy theatre. So I do, you know, I do wonder whether or not it will stay. I, I, um, I was actually assisting Louis with the In Pieces um, feature that they did. 
Um, and I've also got my tickets for Brooklyn tonight as well. So these are also kind of different that, that they've kind of created like musical kind of films. Um, so yeah, I wonder if they'll be a thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess if it's a way of making theatre more accessible to more people in a different way, then yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, it, it, as I, I like, I think that obviously theatre as we know it will return, but I wonder if we'll adapt and there'll just be kind of more. And I feel yeah. like that can only be a good thing. If there's more work and more going on. Hmm. Yeah. I was never really a fan of streamed theatre. Like there's something about being in the theatre that I was watching a show live that I love. I've watched a lot more streamed theatre recently and I think I actually quite like it. It's not bad. And I think you see the opportunity to see shows that you wouldn't normally get to see. I mean, I can't at the moment. I can't just make it up to the north of England. If there's a show going on in a man in Manchester, or like Rent, for example, the Hope Mill Theatre did, yeah. I can't get to see that because they're live streaming. I can finally get to watch it, so I'm getting to see sort of more shows. And so, stream theatre. I think it's going to take a while for the bigger shows to do it. I think shows like Lay Miz and Mamma Mia, it's going to take them. Long time to probably give in and finally stream the shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping at some point, you know, Judy Kramer will agree to live stream Mamma Mia at some point. I mean, there's It'll probably be like, guys, you've got a movie. What else do you want? You've got two movies you can watch. <laughs> Heard they bring out a third one. I read the other day. Yeah. No, apparently, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything. Um, and I was talking about this um, the other day with somebody else online, and. Um, and, and then I was like, yeah, apparently there's a number three. And I was like, I don't, I have got no information. This is no inside info. I know nothing other than apparently, and I've heard it for a little while actually, that, that, um, that there's a there's a three coming. I mean, but I'm a bit like, what are they going to do with it? What songs are they going to use? At somewhere they're going to focus a lot on Harry Bright, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I heard that, like his wedding. Uh, wedding and Harry. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this was real or if it was fake news because you never know. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm sort of pushing my agent now. Go, can I, if, they, if they're auditioning for it, can I be in it? It's not, it's not the original Mamma Mia, but to be in some kind of Mamma Mia, yeah, mind that. I mean, even if I'm a tree or something, I'll stand in the background. Yeah. Uh, I get I'd to see dancing. Oh, well, Mamma Mia. You were in that show for quite a long time and then you went backwards and forwards. What was that like being in one of the biggest shows in the West End and getting to sort of rock out every night? Yeah, I loved it. I, I did. I mean, so because I did it in London as the, in the ensemble and I covered three dynamos and then I did it then on a, and then I went on tour with it for a bit and then I did it on a ship um, and I played Donna. Um, and so, and then obviously then doing Mammy the Party. So it's kind of a bit like, so many versions of Mamma Mia, but I just love it. And I love the music. Yeah. People always ask me that, are you bored of ABBA? And I'm like, I'm really not bored of ABBA. Like I love ABBA. I love singing the songs. I love, they just don't fail to kind of go, you see, and you see the way it affects other people. And you see how, I mean, I remember being in the ensemble of Mamma Mia in town and I've still got this really vivid memory of a woman um, in the front row and she was an older lady and just, she was like, <sighs> and you just go, oh, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of making somebody that happy. <laughs> yeah. And I think 
that's what's so wonderful about that show is it's complete escapism um yeah. and so many people love the music and it you know and so many people across so many generations um just like you know you've got, you've got little tiny kids who are jumping around in the aisles and then you've got these older people who are also just completely loving it and yeah, yeah. so i've seen it like 10 times now i think i'm on the yeah. 10th or 12th i've lost count it's one of those everyone knows i love mama mia so whenever i go up to see if i if i go up to london to see a show someone always messages me and go say mama mia are you and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I came to the tour came to southampton three weeks last year and ended up seeing it twice on the first night and the last night i wasn't nice. going i wasn't going to go more but i just thought no they're going to start recognizing me if i start going a lot oh no be, like twice in twice in three weeks is nothing compared to some people that come watch. like we, we had a woman who um, when i was in town she, she every week every week she was there in the box every week um absolutely loving it um oh my doorbell's just gone Somebody at my door. <laughs> Can I go and get it? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll pause this quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Recordings from home and you're like, uh, doorbell, package. <laughs> my doorbell's going to go in a minute. I just know it. It's gonna... Brilliant. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Mamma mia. <coughs> did you get to go on for all three dynamos? I did. I yeah. did. I, um, I did Rosie once. Um, and I was so ill, um, but they had no one else. <laughs> so I think they, uh, I seem to remember that the woman playing her had really hurt her ankle. Um, somebody, one of the other girls was on holiday and then another girl was like really sick. And then I had a chest infection and I could, I was literally like this, like this was the voice that I had. And then, um, they caught, they were like, I'm really sorry to have to ask you to do this, but do you think that you could do the show? Um, because otherwise, we don't have a Rosie. And I was like, yeah, I could do something, I'm sure. <laughs> and also as well, because I wanted to be able to say that I played all three. And uh, and it was awful. It was so bad. It was like, if you change your mind. <laughs> like, honestly, you know when you're, like, you're just on stage and you're like, this is this is quite honestly embarrassing. This is this is so bad that it is so bad. Like yeah, so but one time and it was terrible. <laughs> in college, when I was doing the Tempest, there was a scene with three of us on stage. One of us forgot our lines, and we ended up in the scene three times because we can end up end up going around in circle with all the lines. That <laughs> the audience heard the same. We ended up doing the scene three times before I think it was me who remembered my line finally. We ended up picking back. I think you could hear oh, someone in the front row just laughing because they knew what had happened. Good old live theatre, eh? How much notice do you normally get when you're going on for a cover? Do you normally get a lot of notice or is it...? Um, it can depend. Um, sometimes, so you might get your kind of scheduled date. So if you're a first cover, then you'll know that you're, I'm going to be on next week because they're on holiday or whatever. Or if they call in sick that morning, there's usually like a, a cutoff time that might be at about three o'clock. So then you get a phone. So then most people know, you know, they wake up in the morning and they're like, I'm definitely haven't got the show in me tonight. So you usually find out late in the morning. Um, but sometimes people, like sometimes people, you know, you're dealing with human beings and 
you might go into work and think that you can do it and then you'll be in the warm-up and be like I actually can't do this um, so sometimes you might be in the building and be like actually you need to go on um, and then sometimes you go on halfway through the show <laughs> you know and it's literally like you know so there is no that I think that is again you know the, the understudy has to be that person that that is adaptable and willing to just be like yeah fine no problem let's go like because if you're somebody that needs it, it it's well no because I thought I was doing this show today I can't do this no you know you need to be like absolutely no problem let's let's go let's do this and um every time I've ever it's so weird how I forget to eat like if, if it's it's you suddenly go into this like right and then you realize and people are messaging you and you're like i have no time to respond i can't eat nothing all i have to do now is remember my show and go on and you just go into this weird mode so yeah so talking about going on at the last minute while you're in 42nd street you ended up doing some random performance of mamma me <laughs> sort of hopping over how did that happen what happened not talk sorry say that again i missed that last so, bit um obviously you end up doing some random performance in Mamma Mia how did that sort of come about you going doing going over and stepping in at the last minute um how did that sort of come about um that just came about because they they had a massive emergency um where uh Caroline who was playing Donna that night stepped off a step tore her calf muscle in the middle you know literally you know um well, we look at what the, the tides washed in. Yay! Stepped off, tore her calf muscle, did that whole scene, did money, money with a torn calf muscle, came off, and, and apparently she was just like, no, 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 I'll carry on, <laughs> as we do. Uh, and they were like, you can't walk. No. Like, and they just, they had nobody else in the building. Two of the covers were off sick. Um, and they just suddenly, I think the, I think the stage, man, the, the company manager, I think, just remembered that I was sitting in a dressing room literally up the road and when I think he might have done gone off his own back and made the call to my company manager and just said look is Steph in the building is she on is she free and then got the the phone call to say like yeah because I because they he then phoned me and he was just like mommy your phone I'm just checking that you're here and I was like yes I'm literally in my dressing room doing nothing um <laughs> And uh, and that, so then I think he then probably would have been like, right, Steph's free. Should we get her down here? And that's how that all happened. Um, yeah. The craziest night of my life, probably so far. Yeah, um, yeah weird. What did you remember? You sort of was it like stepping back into the role you knew really well, or did you sort of forget thing like? Oh, it's like all the lines were there, all the songs. The only th the only thing is is that. I had done a very different version of the show for nine months of my life the previous year. So I had everything kind of in there, um, but the blocking was completely different. I was like, oh no, I do. I meant to stand at any moment. So there was just a lot of people just shifting me around. And then I think we got to Voulez-Vous. Um, and again, the choreography was different. And I remember the dance captain trying to teach me the choreography in the wings before we went on. And I just was like, look, I'm not taking any of this in. And he's just going, right, okay, so you're going to do it. And I just was like, I remember just being like, I'm not just going to magically be able to do this yeah. programme in like 30 seconds. So 
let's just and then just I remember just being like in the wrong place and then freezing and being like <laughs> just laughing because I just was like I don't know what I'm meant to be doing right now this is the weirdest moment ever yeah. um but the actual scenes and songs and stuff were absolutely fine so did any of your castmates in Fort with Second Street know what had happened or did they just know nothing until the end no of the so um me and Matthew good game always used to have a cup of tea in the interval that was yeah. kind of he he had a massive like 45 minute break um, and I was obviously on a two and a half hour break, just sitting in the dressing room and, uh, and he'd always swing by cause he was next door. He'd have a cup, we'd have a cup of tea together. Mm. And, um, <laughs> he, I think he came up and like went, knocked on the door and was just like, where are you? Um, and then, and I think, and he didn't, and he was just, he couldn't understand. I don't think he messaged me and he was just like, where have you gone? Like what, what's happened? And then I think the room has started to filter through the building of that Steph's gone, Steph's gone to Mamma Mia. And I don't, I don't even know how, but I think probably in the interval, like people talk, don't they? And then it just started to like filter through, through all the ensemble in the act two that like Steph's in Mamma Mia. And it was just like, yeah, uh, I didn't tell any, I had no time to tell anybody. Um, and I remember just in the interval being like, oh, I just need to text my husband because I'm going to be home a lot later than normal. And I just sent him a message saying like, hi, um, I'll be home late, I'm at Mamma Mia. And he was just like, aren't you at work? Because he thought I'd gone to watch Mamma Mia. And I was, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm like in it. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, like, mad, like nothing like that, like things like that just don't happen. They're, they're kind of the things that you, I suppose, either have a nightmare about or or dream about um yeah and then it happened mad so what was it like doing the show on a cruise ship you know was it what were the sort of the differences to doing it on land i mean it was pretty similar like the show was the same um the only difference was that it was the american script so some of the words were different um blocking and choreography was completely different um but the, I, I think the thing that was the thing that was the most different was the audiences because you're doing a cruise and um, and they're not there to see Mamma Mia. Yeah, they might pick that ship over others because they think, oh, I'd quite like to go and watch Mamma Mia. But the reality is, is they're there on holiday and they're there um, and there's lots of stuff going on. So they might like do, you know, watch the first half and then it's like, oh, now we're going for dinner. And they don't come back or they wander in halfway through you know it's just it's completely different and i remember this one this one time and i it was act, act we had the interval and then act two started and um and i was like one of us is not giving it like really lovely soft singing and all you could hear was mm, somebody was like cleaning up sick in, uh, in in the balcony because somebody had because that's the thing with ships as soon as anyone's sick has to be cleaned up just in case like norovirus spreads <laughs> it was literally like that's me and I was just like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah so things like that I think they they were the different things it's, the show was the same but the actual experience from the audience was very different the audience response to the show the same as in London I mean is known for having an amazing response from the audience is it the mm. same on the ship do they love love the show as much or i mean yeah some sometimes we would have sometimes we would have an you know a finale where 
nobody stands up. So, you know, like obviously in London, everyone's on their feet and they're having a wonderful time. And then you would sometimes have these days where people would just, they, they weren't as up for it. And I don't know if it's because they're not theatre goers and they don't know the etiquette of it or well, either the, or they are theatre goers and they go to, you know, some very highbrow theatre where the idea of standing up and clapping and having a wonderful time feels weird. Um, but there was a few, a few days like that that I think we would be like, oh, did they hate it? Uh, and, you know, they, they still loved it, but just kind of didn't get the memo to dance along. And then I'd be like, come on, get on your feet! <laughs> Some people... Oh, that was me lifting my arm, just in case you didn't see that. <laughs> Some people have uploaded some recordings of the cruise ship production on YouTube and that. And I was watching mm -hmm. a few of them quite a lot. I think there's one occasion where during the finale, you could see in the corner someone get up and leave. And they just at the beginning of the finale packed their bags and went. Yeah, because probably because they had to go to dinner or they had the, the ice show was starting. You know, it's, it's things like that. They just, I think, like Mamma Mia on a cruise ship is, it, it's, it's a new, it's a very new concept. These, because like, so Greece is only a 75 minute version. We were Rock Cube is only a 75 or 90 minute version. Everything is cut down, whereas Mamma Mia is the full show. So, in order for that, so in order for them to be able to like sell that to their their past, it, it's weird for them. It's like, hang on, what? This is two and a half hours. But what about the rest of my night? Um, so I think that's the thing: is you do have some diehard cruisers that are like, you'll get ninety minutes of my attention, and then I'm gone. And you just can't take it personally. You're just like, oh, whatever, just. I'll just do my show and I'll do it to the best of my ability and you can stay here or you can go to dinner. It's up to you. <laughs> Looking back over your career, have there been, have you got any sort of moments where things have gone wrong on stage or funny things have happened? Can you think of anything? Um, I've fallen over quite a few times. Um, I fell over actually in, because there's a, a superstition that if you fall over in a theatre, you'll be back. Um, and I fell over quite spectacularly in Mamma Mia uh, in Under Attack and then I was back so it obviously worked, it's obviously true. Um, I've, my skirt fell down once, that was just in like a, a cabaret show. Um, I've had lots of falls and I did forget my lines in Wicked once when I was on for Madame Morrible and it was the worst moment ever. It was like, oh, oh god, I lost my line. Um, and then the Glinda was just like, and then I just carried on. Oh, it was awful. It's just awful. Uh, yeah. So, but nothing kind of where I just go. Oh, there was this moment. Like I, I feel like I've. I don't handle things very well either. Yeah. I just laugh. <laughs> so that's the thing. Is that is, you know, I'm not. I'm not very good at dealing with it because I just find things very funny. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, oh no, no. And then you realize, like, I did a. I did a farce about nine years ago now, and I was working with this this guy called Damien Williams, who's who's quite honestly one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I was playing his wife, and he, so he so it was a farce anyway. So the audience were laughing, but he would do things that you know purposefully to make me laugh, and I just couldn't hold it together. And it was I was the worst person to be in that show because I just I just laugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just find things really funny and I can't deal with them. And then you just like lose the audience because you're laughing. So what are some of your sort of favourite memories of your th shows you've done and things like that? And what things have happened and you've gone, oh, I, I, I love that moment or that was... I think, okay, I've, the, the, the moment that's coming to my head more than anything is that I got to do a Last Billy show as Mrs. Wilkinson. So uh, I covered that role and I only played it like I think eight times in total in the, in the year and a half that I was there. But one of those times was, I think it was actually the last time I played it as well, was when a Billy left. And when the Billy, because they're so, um, they stay for a couple of years uh, and they've obviously been a part of the show for a long time. And obviously they're amazing. So when they leave, like a massive fuss is made, there's a big party, there's a speech, um, and like all the producers and stuff come to watch. And it's a real electric performance. And uh, I don't know if you know, do you know Billy Elliot? Sort of, yeah, vaguely. So there's, there's a scene, uh, the last Billy and Mrs. Wilkinson scene is where she's literally going, don't think about here, you go off and you go and you know, you're special and just, go out and shine in the world and so you get that moment as guess as the actors to be like go on yeah. like go fly kind of thing um and for me i think that's probably one of the special moments that i i got to experience um and now like i see all these these boys that are just smashing life and and it, it's it's incredible to see um so i think that's probably a a, a high point um, and then like doing the Olivier's with Mamma Mia, yeah. with, with, with Benny and Bjorn, not knowing that one day I'd end up like working with Bjorn and yeah. Um, so yeah, things like that. And it's just, that's the thing is a lot of the time this business can be hard. Uh, it can be unforgiving sometimes. Um, but then there'll be moments that you just, you just go, how am I here? How am I getting to experience this? And I think it's holding on to those that's not, and that's why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And what, is, what would you say is your sort of favorite thing about theater and the industry and whole as a whole? I think it's the escapism. I think it's, it's for me, it's all about the audience and it's all about when you see, so, so if you're doing kind of a, you know, a, a really good, uplifting show you get to see how you're taking people you know away for a few hours from whatever's going on in their life and I think that for me is is something that yeah film and telly does it too like but not in the same way not in that same all-encompassing um and I you know and, and knowing it from from an audience's perspective or like when I've been in a show and then I've got to sit out and watch it and you just go, I'm a part of that and that's incredible. Um, there's, and I think that's for me what, what theatre provides for people is that, that feeling um, of joy that I just don't know if you get like anywhere else. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, it would be very different if you're watching Hamlet. I'm not sure if you get that kind of feeling of joy from that, but it's still a, you know, it's a, still a, a you are transporting people somewhere else and you're taking them on a journey and you're telling a story and and that's what i love for me what, one final question what some of your dream show shows and dream roles what would you like what would you like yeah. to go on and do in the future 
I mean, if I'm, so yeah, I, I, I'm also a massive screen fan, so I'd love to do more kind of screen work. That's something that I'd love to do. Um, like Line of Duty, something like that would be amazing. But theatre-wise, I'd love to do, um, I'd love to be in Everybody's Talking About Jamie playing his mum. Like that, I just, I feel like, because when I went to watch it, I was like, it's like a grown-up Billy Elliot. Um, and, or, or but even like, I'd love to go back to Billy. I'd love to play Mrs. Wilkinson, like, for real, not just cover it, play the role. I'd love that. Um, I was always too, I was too young, like to even be, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm like, come on, I'm getting old enough now. <laughs> I've got the lines. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one of your concerts, you did Me in the Sky, is Come From Away something you'd like to do as well? You'd like to have a go yeah, oh and yeah, and like Beverly and Come From Away would be, that would be rather lovely. Um, yeah, just those kind of, I like strong women. That's the, that's the thing. I like strong, fearless women. <laughs> yeah, look, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah, um, and take care. Hopefully I'll see you on stage very soon. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Right, okay.